Hello, this is David Stahl. And I'm Becky Stahl. Today we look at John chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. At this point in the book of John, Jesus and his followers are still together, eating the Passover meal, a time we know is the Last Supper. We join this gathering right after Judas was identified as the person who would later betray Jesus. John 13, verses 31 through 38. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, You can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, Die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you ever know me. At the start of this passage, Jesus says that he's going away. At the end of the passage, a disciple expresses the confusion that all the followers feel. They're not sure what Jesus means by all of this. Of course, we know that he's referring to his upcoming crucifixion, which then leads to his resurrection and eventually him going up to heaven. But between his talk about going away and Peter's comments, we find some of the most important words Jesus spoke while on earth. Let's hear them again. I am giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus is clearly emphasizing something for his followers, and he uses very simple but deliberate language. So let's listen closely, word by word, to what he's saying because it applies to us today as strongly as it applied to everyone in that room over 2,000 years ago. I am. This is coming straight from the heart of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This isn't another idea from the priests at the temple or other religious leaders. I am giving. He doesn't force anything upon anyone. No, Jesus extends opportunities to each of us, which means you have a choice to do what he says or not. I am giving you. This is for individuals. He doesn't say that this is for a group. Nope. It's personal for you and for me. I am giving you a. This is just one thing he's focused on, and it's important. He's not providing a list of 10, which is what happened the last time commandments were given out. I am giving you a new. Jesus doesn't say he's renewing something or restating what everyone should already know but might have forgotten. He is saying that this is something not said before. This word does a great job representing why we call this section of the Bible the New Testament. I am giving you a new commandment. 
This isn't an idea to consider when convenient. It's not simply a wonderful thought, nor is it something to approach casually. Jesus selects the word commandment because he really wants you and me and everyone to do what he's saying. This is equal in weight to the original Ten Commandments, maybe even more important, because this is the only commandment he directly names as such. I am giving you a new commandment, love. Love is a pretty broad term. Fortunately, Jesus goes on to clarify what he means when he says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So what kind of love is that? Well, it's active. It's serving. It's doing stuff that others don't do. The love Jesus shows them even goes as far as giving your life for someone else. This is so much more than feeling love for someone. I am giving you a new commandment, love each other. This might very well be the hardest part of the commandment Jesus is saying to deliberately step out of yourself and show love to other people, everyone around me and everyone around you. So, when I go to Meyer, do I show love in the form of kindness to the people who work there, or do I only notice them if I have a problem and want them to solve it? Or at school, do I love my child's teachers? What about the school secretary or bus driver or coach? I have a long way to go. At work, do I show love to the people on my team? Or am I sometimes kind of a jerk? I have a long way to go there, too. At home, do I interact with my family out of love, especially when things don't go my way or when I make a mistake? Can those closest to me name ways that I actively love them other than when I simply say, love you? Jesus says in our passage, that your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So the key question becomes, if I was on trial for suspicion of being a Christian, would there be enough witnesses to convict me? For me, the past few years, God has been teaching me to grow in how I am loving others. One of the ways that has been the hardest for me is slowing down to notice, listen, and be present for others, especially when it's not planned or scheduled. I'm a type A personality, get things done, and I keep myself moving. God has given me some great opportunities to grow in the area of quality time as a way to love others and notice them. For many people, quality time is one of their love languages. One of my favorite quotes is, listening is so close to loving that most people don't know the difference. In the last few months, I've had the opportunity to listen as two different neighbors invited me to share in both their losses and in celebrations. And sometimes those came as texts inviting me to come and listen and not necessarily when planned or scheduled. One involved a trip to the emergency room one morning when I got a call from my neighbor who was not feeling herself and thought it might be a heart issue. It meant driving her and being with my neighbor during tests and waiting. Thankfully, all ended well and she was okay. I was so glad for the time with her and just being able to be present. I have heard these called divine interruptions, and those have been some of the sweetest blessings and privileges to say yes when they happen. Loving others well can be in the form of words of encouragement, acts of service, and in quality time, listening or spending time together. So as we wrap up, 
What do you sense God saying to you today and how you can love other people? How will you respond? Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for being the author and creator of love and your greatest example of love given for us, your son, Jesus. Thank you for each person listening today and way we each know how deeply we are loved by you. Help us to love others well and to see them how you see them as precious in your sight. In your son's name we pray and give glory to him. Amen.